you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Hank, Hank Hodgson. And here I am. We got a special show today. Sitting right next to me is Elliot Harrison. Hi, Elliot. Hey, it's a big, it's a footballiest off season of the year, and I, I got to get something off my keister. You know. It's supposed to be Dynasty Week, and why don't we have the Steelers on Thursday? What's with the Cowboys? The Steelers should be on Thursday, on Wednesday, on Tuesday. We should do a football life Mark Malone. What's going on, fella? Elliot, we're going to get to that, but first of all, I'm very excited. We got from the Finsiders, Dave Damashek. All right. I would like to see a Mark Malone football life. That would be very entertaining. They could they could do 20 minutes alone on his mustache. That was a terrific job there, handsome Hank. I'm sorry for being tardy. You you are a little tardy. Yeah. Well, I told producer Black Tie behind the glass what the score was. I was doing the Finsiders, like you said. I had to do a I, I had to talk uh, Miami Dolphins football. Wait, AFC so you East said you were so ready to go at 308. I didn't know how long. Well, listen, I'm delightful once you get me on the line. But so so wait, they went. They kept me. Uh, they kept me long. You were. Let's just let me keep the show on the road. Okay, okay go ahead. You were you were on the Finsiders. What is okay. that? What is that? I know what it is. You don't know the Finsiders? I'd love to well, just explain. I it's want you a, to explain what it is. It is a radio show slash digital show, or is mm-hmm. it maybe it might be a cable show? Actually, it might uh, air somewhere on television. I'm not positive yep. there. But what was fun today for me was it's about what the. Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Yes, yeah. You were on there. That's right. I've, I, I'm, I'm a recurring guest yeah. on that. How show. did the song go? Wait, we're the Miami, Miami Dolphins. That's not how it went. Miami Dolphins. Here's how that song. Miami went. Dolphins. Don't number pretend one. it's the Houston, Houston Oilers. Oilers. No, no, no. Houston Oilers. That's how the song goes. What didn't we discuss this? That we have the Oilers who did it first, though. Yes. That reminds me. We have to do the best fight songs in college and pro black tie. This is the discussion that is ripe for this time of year. I want to do... Oh, I know the number one for the NFL. 
Chargers? God, it's got to be the Redskins. The the freaking oh, it made uh, me so mad. Made all of San us. San Diego Super Chargers. San Diego Super Chargers. But the Pittsburgh one, they had the Steeler polka. Da 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 da. Yeah. We're from the town with the Super Bowl. I'm down with that. Go out and get them Steelers. I talked today on the Finn Siders, though. But so with, my point, with the guy. It, let me just say something to you because this is was it Troy funny. Stratford? We talked to Troy Stratford, and I told him I just talked with uh, with my pal Handsome Hank about your rookie season, Troy. Then I shifted gears to OJ McDuffie. Hated Nittany Lion. You know, I'm from mm-hmm. I'm from Pittsburgh, so they're my natural rival, Penn State. And then the host of the show today, John Kajemi, quarterback you know, at Pitt. The Pit the Panther QB number fifteen, the successor to your Dan Marino. That's right. Early eighties, he played at Pitt. We talked. We reminisced about the old Fiesta Bowl and this, that, and the other. Actually, it's a funny story that Kinjemi remembered. That was funny. Nineteen eighty five, the Pitt Panthers in their second game of the year, I think, went to Ross Aid Stadium to play Purdue. A few noteworthy items from that. Rod Woodson was there playing both sides of the ball for Purdue and would later that year get drafted by, the, or I guess the following spring, get drafted by Pittsburgh. Um, Craig Ironhead Hayward, the late uh, great uh, heavy set fellow running the ball for Pitt. Jeff George at quarterback for Purdue. First four minutes of the game, two touchdown passes. It was 14 nothing Purdue. Then Pitt rallied and whipped them, I think, 42-14 to or something like that. But the thing that stood out to me was that's the first game I ever went to and got to stand on the sideline with my old man who was, you know, who was a pit doctor. So I'm standing on the sideline, and as I say, it got to be a blowout in the second half. My old man, I look at him talking to, start, to the starting quarterback, John Kinjemi, and he's still playing in the game, you understand, but the defense is out on the field. My old man and Kinjemi are talking on the bench, so I, you know, I'm a preteen kid. I lean my ear and, whoa, he's talking to the QB. How cool. What are they talking about? He's telling him about his golf round, my father. My father's telling Kinjemi, not the other way around. Tell, then on uh, number eight, you know how number eight dog legs there? So then I hit, uh, I hit it into the rough there. I'm like, I said, hey, old man, the guy's playing a, he's playing a college football game. What are you doing? Kinjemi remembers that to this day, saying to my father, <laughs> Hey, uh, hold that thought. I'll be right back. Then went out onto the field for a series. <laughs> is that crazy? Was that the first time you told him about it today? He and I had talked about it about a year ago, right. Jimmy and I, but he remembers vividly telling my old man, hold that thought. I'll oh, be I'm right gonna back. I'm going to go play football. Didn't, In a game that counts. Hey, didn't Pitt with Ironhead, he was great as a senior, right? Ironhead. He, and, and I don't they remember. Played, yeah, it was 87, it, and he had, he had a it, great year. He should have right, won the Heisman. Right, and they played Texas in the Blue Bonnet Bowl and lost, right, with Eric Metcalf, if I'm not mistaken, Boy, back when they had the Blue Bonnet Bowl. That sounds right. I remember the big game of that year was he ran for Ironhead, and he was, you know, was downright fat. I mean, there was not like, oh, he carries a little bit. But he was he quick. A, he had though. a pot belly. Yeah, he was quick, though, for well, a his man. Well, his signature move was to vault players. I mean, it was which was a bizarre sight to see a fat guy jumping over guys. And he played the number one uh, mighty um, – Miami Hurricanes and they the Canes won, but uh, Ironhead ran for 250 in that game in the mm. rain. It was a glorious effort. But uh, anyway, all right, listen, fellas, we can continue to just talk about the AFC East and specifically Ryan Tannehill. We didn't jump into it last week, and uh, the the talk of NFL quarterbacks always a juicy subject. But me, Elliot Harrison, and Bucky Brooks all did our lists. Wait, we got of- into this a lot. 
I know we got into it. Yeah, a lot. I'm just like, letting I feel you... like those lists started from the podcast. A uh, hi, black tie behind the glass. Hey, what's going on? Oh. Hey, I'm actually about to leave pretty soon, so just in, in, where are you going now? Got a meeting to attend. Now you can get out now. Go ahead. Oh. Why, why, <laughs> you can already. Why delay? Eh, no worries. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Wait, he's really going? <laughs> That's it, black tie. When are we going to go see Mad Max? That's a movie we can agree I've on. seen it. I'm still on the fence about that. It's awesome. On the fence? How much praise do you need to hear it's, before I, you'll I sign off? I've never watched a trailer and thought, oh, I really want to watch that. Dude, wait, hang on. Action, hang on. Let too me, much let, adrenaline, too much action. I just saw it. Let me just too, tell you everything I need to tell you. Too much action for Black Wait, 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 man. Not, nothing so, like The Lion King. My girlfriend suggested <laughs> we go see it. Maybe not. And my girlfriend suggested, hey, this thing is getting crazy reviews. Do you want to go see it? So we went and saw it. The first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, man, my girlfriend's never going to be able to handle this. That movie is not – I've never seen a movie that's got that much adrenaline, ever. That's what I'm saying. Like, ever. I still don't know if I'm up for but, it. But it's well done. And so I asked You're my the... girlfriend after the movie. She was like, I was on the edge of my seat. That was a good movie. I liked it better than T2. How about that? Whoa. Yeah. Now we're talking all-time classic action pictures. I say yep. a lot of crazy things before I leave. I've said a lot of crazy things before in the yes, past. Yes, you have, like want, The Lion King, the best movie ever. I don't want people to misunderstand me. I was completely dead serious when I said that. The Lion King is I the best movie. I didn't think you were trying to be precious. I thought you. I think you so, believe that. All right, guys. It's ridiculous. a good show, though. Yeah. It's not even the best animated movie of the last that's, quarter century. Hey, last note on this, man. Uh, Seriously, if you're debating seeing that movie, you need to see it while it's in the theater because you're I, not going to get the same feel watching that sucker on yeah. your Apple TV or something. I'll see just because of how good the reviews have been. but it's, They're like 90%. It's very generous. 99, actually, really. I'll see it because the reviews have been good enough. Yeah, right. Check it out. Well, I'd also like you to watch Empire Strikes Back. It's the 35-year anniversary of uh, today, of dude. Movie. I downloaded that on, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this. I downloaded the the the, mm-hmm. the what four, five, and six, which yep. are actually the old movies I've seen on Apple three. TV. Yeah, right. But you know, for some of the people that listen, they probably don't realize that the old ones are actually four, five, and six, and yep. not one, two, three. I was so disappointed that they are the 1997. Oh, re-release really? yeah, ones that have all the extra scenes. Han doesn't shoot first at uh, yeah. at Mos Eisley like he does in the original because they made it all Disney fied. Right, yeah. right. It wasn't right for Han Solo to be a to be a guy a who kills a Bowser. alien. Right. Um, what is this? I know a black tie just walked up to me and showed me on his iPhone in silence. On his iPhone, he typed this out so that I would. Uh, the guy now behind the glass taking black tie's place. Is Sean, who's always there. Black Tie just wrote me a note. His name is Sean. <laughs> wow. What gives? Everyone knows Sean. Yeah, thanks, guys. His name is Sean. <laughs> what are we going to call him? We got to call Hello, Sean. How are you? But we, You're we right. Hey, Sean, who's, call the, me Sean who's the dude who just left the door behind you? I, have no, I, have no I don't know what that I've guy's name him. is. His name is Sean. I think his name's T. He is the weirdest. I mean, what, what, what in hell? Uh, I, I can't see that. Too, too much action. Uh, we have to quickly name you. He looks like Luke, Luke Wilson with a stash. I know. Sean does have a handsome mustache. I there would say a, porn tie might be. I think it, porn tie it, done and done. I like it. Yes, yeah. You, he does look like uh, okay. somebody out of a 1978 and, <laughs> inappropriate movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he's from Tennessee. He's a Tennessee uh, Vols fan. Does that make you a Titans fan? Uh, no. Really? What's your team? Seahawks. How did that happen? 
front brother. running. No, 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 no. Oh, did you say brother? Yeah, my brother's. I thought you said front runner. You know who else? Yeah. He kind of brother is Russell Wilson in the face. <laughs> Who's the guy that plays uh, two faces in the Batman movie and was in uh, Aaron Brockovich? Tommy Lee Jones. No, Aaron. No, 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 it was no. in Aaron Brockovich played his boy, her boyfriend, and he's the two face guy and uh, the the. Guy whose face gets blown off. In oh, Batman. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, just, I I've seen uh, that guy uh, around uh, L. A. A few times. Thomas. Um, I I can see his face. Uh, he has two first names. The guy. Harvey Dent. Not Bob. Y- yeah. Yes. Har- who's Harvey, Harvey Dent. Dent. Aaron Eckhart. Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. You look like Aaron Eckhart. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. I'm thinking stash. of Thomas Jane, who not Aaron Thomas Eckhart. Jane. But yes, yep. uh, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, yeah, he's a he's he's one of them ruggedly handsome. But mm-hmm. he doesn't look. That's not what Thomas uh, Jane was. Not what porn title. The porn title doesn't look that much like him. <laughs> Thomas Jane was Mickey Mantle in '61, right? That's correct. That is. Correct. And Barry Pepper was Maris. Yeah, I think. Yes. Uh, so welcome to movie talk and uh, goodbye. Now, no. So we were talking about quarterbacks. Oh, speaking of which, though, handsome, we do before we leave here today. Shame the devil if we don't put a proper bow on Mad Men the right. series. And for that matter, the Letterman Show, two two iconic shows, and as much as I love Mad Men, Letterman defining in my book to a generation of of you know fellas who I mean really, it it you can tell it's repeated. It's it it, it can't be um, empty genuflection. You know, everybody of a certain age, I and. There's so much snark online. It makes me sick that it's not a that, that it, it, I I said a couple of weeks ago when Bill Simmons and uh, ESPN parted ways that the reaction from social media that that our default is I know it's old news the snark that's required and the immediacy with which you have to level your cynical thoughts about the person. All right, Simmons has gone from ESPN after a decade and a half that was glorious for both sides. But Simmons was a crappy writer, declares certain websites that require Only thing on that, though, didn't Simmons, though, unlike David Letterman, I agree with you about David Letterman, and I know you're a fan of, of uh, Sporty Simmons, but, you know, he took some shots at people that he worked with. Oh, I'm so not, I'm not, I'm no. He's kind of receiving I'm not a little bit about, of karma there. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I, but I would say that, of course, the overarching me- uh, thought, I would think, would be, Wow, this guy! How did he jump the walls and get to the front lines doing it the way he did as a blogger from his uh, yeah? From his I'm place a big fan. Austin that he carved out. Uh, I'm this, a big fan of his. this voice that has been mimicked a million times over and everything else. But but no, the, the day of we have to declare what was wrong with him. Right. Not I don't mean whatever he did. Uh, you know, conduct wise. I mean his work was. I, it was it was never that good anyway. You know, which, and, and which I see false. the same thing with Letterman. It was time. I'm glad Letterman left, but he should have been gone ten or fifteen years ago. All right, geniuses. You know, Letterman is, like I say, the defining. And, I, I mean, that's not hyperbole. I love The Simpsons. I love Cheers. I was a devotee of both those shows. But nothing really sort of shaped the direction that – I mean, more. I, I really don't think – it's very difficult to imagine how different – really, I know this sounds crazy and overreaching maybe about one guy in one show, but – I wonder how different things would look if the David Letterman, if, if late night with David Letterman and NBC hadn't happened. I, you know, that, it was really a hard right turn what he did and from the conventional show, and really so many people sort of mimicked him and took things from his tone and the sarcasm. You know, my, there are a lot of people in this country. Why is two and a half men? You know, I got 
snarky emails this week of when I said, oh, Letterman, this is my favorite bit, this is my favorite guy, whatever, people immediately have to fire back. Well, he wasn't as good. Well, then why didn't he rate as well as Jay Leno? Well, I'm not responsible for the bad taste of America is my answer for that. Two and a Half Men is the more success, is the most successful sitcom out there, too. Does that make it the funniest show? I, I mean, yeah, but didn't Jay Leno inherit a brand that was already well established by who's well, widely Letterman, considered the greatest talk show host of all the, time? In the early 90s, though, Letterman killed him. Letterman, yeah. Let, Letterman was king, but then the huge Grant thing flipped things and it just never came back. And that happened to work out when ER hit the air and Friends and all that sort of momentum. And uh, they never could get back to it. But, um, yeah, the, the, the requirement to say he should have been gone and what, what, what he needed, what he should have done from – I get it's the bit of, um, of critics to, to do this. Or I think it's us sitting here and evaluating who the 18th best uh, thrower of a football on the planet Earth is. Andy Dalton's not good enough for, by my standards when I couldn't go out and do it. So maybe it makes me a hypocrite. But, uh, but boy, oh, boy, can't – I really – I think it would, you'd be hard-pressed to overstate the significance of Letterman – and you know, I did you did you I, handsome? You're over in England. You're not aware of Letterman. The phenomenon. I was aware of him, but I wasn't. I mean, the show was never carried there. So hmm. There was no way that. Uh, I mean, I really summer of '83 when we went on school break. I remember I started. I, I discovered the show. I, I guess it had been on for you know maybe a handful of months before that. And uh, so I started the VHS. It if I didn't stay up through because it was 12:30 to 1:30, um, I would v, VHS it and watch it faithfully. And I did that all the way through the mid to late 90s. I, I, I never missed Letterman. I, it, was, it was just the, the greatest thing. And I've said before, if I, may wax, uh, if I may wax saccharine for a moment, I tweeted about this today. It's ama- It really is. The two, the two worlds come together for me in the, in the, bu- in the butterfly effect kind of thing. You know, that, that I grow up, I start, I, I love sports. I'm in Pittsburgh, love all things uh, black and gold. But then I start watching Letterman. Those are my two favorite things in the world, you know. And of course, uh, women weren't uh, mucking up any of my time, so I could just uh, I could give full attention to those two things in life. And then I wind up getting to write on uh, a late night show, and then I get to talk about sports for a living. And uh, so, and but both made pretty much by Jimmy Kimmel. So I was happy for him. The he is you know Kimmel's referencing. I mean, I'm sorry, Letterman's referencing Kimmel. And Kimmel's in the final montage and everything else, and uh, Kimmel says that uh, that Letterman gave him some of his ties. That I mean, that's a pretty neat thing. Imagine that's that cool. if he's your idol, the way uh, the way Kimmel, I mean, just worships. Were you Letterman. surprised? So I read the um, story like a week ago that that Kimmel was going to go dark for yeah, Letterman's did. last show, but that the other that Conan and th- th- that the other shows were not. Were you surprised by that? That they all didn't give a tip of the cap? No, I mean I don't know what I it's, I think well, I know what Conan did. Conan said uh you know did did a did a lovely um little monologue about what Letterman did for him um in his early days of his show which would by the way was gangbusters. I mean that was a that was a 2 hour powerhouse of the early days of Letterman on CBS and then flip over to Letterman's old show Late Night run now by Conan O'Brien. The early days of that, I know he was uncomfortable on camera, but I uh, the bits were hysterical. Those those were uh, um, above reproach, and um, 
but yeah, so let, so Conan, I guess at the time he said like, all right, so eleven thirty five right now on the East Coast. Uh, you know, they they timed it out. Flip over to Letterman right now. Turn this show off. T- TiVo it or whatever you want, but watch Letterman right now. Goodbye, goodbye. He and Pat and Oswald were sitting on the couch. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it makes me. It, it is. Uh, it's a. It's it's a shame. And Conan, as it happens, at the on the last show of the Tonight Show that he ever did, he gave this bizarre speech that was seemed misplaced. You know, it's like, oh, it's my last show. I've only been on the air for whatever it was, six weeks or whatever, and they're already yanking me off. And he went the second to last segment was him just talking to camera and saying, uh, just saying, hey, kids out there, one thing you should not be in life, don't be a cynic. Just just beat that out of yourself. Do not be cynical. That's the worst thing you can be. And you know, I always talk about vapid cynics, and that's it. That's what we, that's what populate. We have to. Oh, Letterman's retiring. Good. He's he wasn't good anyway. You know, like well, that's that's the homage. This is where we are as a society. It seems weird. I don't know. Now I'm like a curmudgeonly old man. No, that's all right. Um, all right. Let's talk quarterbacks. What a great guest Dave has been today. He has. Yeah. Dave, are you going to be able to stick around for the rest of the show? Will you stay here with us? I'll do it. Okay, great. Did you feel this way about Mick Luckhurst after that show? Late night show, yeah. yes. Mick Luckhurst had a the kicker. <laughs> he, he had a football I mean, show. The left-footed kicker from the, the Falcons. from the Falcons was he a, had, had a. He's a Brit. Well, so what? What is that? What, that he, guarantees you a talk show, dude. No, you want to find? Hey, you want to find YouTube gold? Mick Luckhurst hosting an NFL show in England, and uh, it was late night. And uh, Hank showed it to a me a few show. years ago, and uh, yeah, I love it. Boy, that sounds. Uh, oh, the the open promising. the open was sweet. All right, let's talk about football. Now okay, let's do some Mad Men. I guess we talked about Letterman a little. All right, bit. let's do let's do football. Properly. Then Mad I got a bone to pick on your quarterback list. I, I, I'm I feel by the way, I feel dissatisfied. I know what you're going to say. I feel dissatisfied by the way that we can't really have a proper Letterman discussion. We can't bat around our favorite bits, our favorite guests, or anything because I feel like I'm the only person. No, 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 no. Well, I could tell you this that I remember when Refrigerator Perry was was on there in '86. I started watching Letterman in 86, so I caught on, I guess, late. I don't know if that's late for catching all with Letterman. I think people and, uh, who saw the NBC show hold that up and have higher regard for the NBC thing, but I also say the CBS show in its first few years was dynamite, too. But anyway. Yeah, the the uh, I loved Johnny Carson as a kid. I loved him, and uh, he was my sense of humor. Um, David Letterman, some of it went over my head as a 12-year-old, you know, because he had a different way, of, of you know, kind of a different way, a different presentation, but I... When you talk about the the butterfly effect of David Letterman, to me, this is going to sound such like low-hanging fruit, but the top ten list is, of all the things that he did, to me, that was the most powerful thing, the list that he... My, my, the head writer at the Kimmel Show, when I went there, Steve O'Donnell was the head writer at Letterman, and he's the guy who created the top ten list. Um, lovely man. Um, yeah, it's, but the, like you say, Letterman's sense of humor was different, and, and it people didn't get what he was doing or a percentage at least of America didn't. That's the point with two and a half men. The reason it's popular, the reason more people watch it than other things is because there's nothing subtle about it. It, it hits you over the head. It's slapstick. Letterman was 
was was was about irony. Well, the bits were great, but then he didn't totally buy his own bits that he was doing, so it was always funny. He would take them seriously on some level, but on the other hand, he would undermine them and make fun of the bit that they were in the middle of doing. The set they if they had like a little phony set uh, that they were doing something with, he would he would uh, rip on it and he would uh, evaluate people's acting ability in the middle of the bit and uh, that that sort of thing. But uh, the under the comment breaths and everything it wasn't something Johnny Carson did. Who also was? was would you put him over Carson? I would, but I didn't grow. I mean, that's one of those things. I assume it's sort of because I was genuinely like, sad when it was Johnny Carson's last show. I think it was I, Bette I Midler. I think was the guest. If I, I remember recall. watching, I loved it, but I knew he was he'd lost his fastball at that yeah. point, and I know people hold him up uh, as the greatest of all time. But my generation, it's hard to imagine saying anybody other than Letterman, including Jimmy Kimmel, tips his hat and says, "Well, obviously, this is the best of all time." All right, football, pro football. NFL pro football. We did our rankings. We, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You don't know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say, and it's absolutely valid. When I, you, know, you know the cardinal rule here on the show. No jive. And you know what? I don't know if I was jiving myself or I let it slip through the cracks or I wasn't lucid when I was doing it, but I do realize that Tony Romo's too, too low on my list. I don't know why I had him at 11. I, that just was a mistake. I, the point is, Cam Newton gets slept on, so I felt like I have to continue to carry the torch for Cam and acknowledge that, you know, I don't, I don't think division titles in and of themselves make you a great QB, but, you know, think about what's gone on in Carolina. He gets there. He has the all-time greatest rookie season in my book. I know you say RG3, but either way, Cam Newton has a sublime rookie season. On a, I'd on say a, Marino, actually. but, but You know yeah. what? I agree with yeah. you about that. But yeah. okay, but statistically and otherwise, you can make a pretty powerful case for Cam Newton. Year two, whatever, the, all the towel on the head business. By the end of that year, he had started to round back into form. And he's won the division the last two years. And you talk about crummy rosters, especially on the offensive side. Cam Newton carries that team, and he's four years into his career. And people, I don't know if they don't know what to make of him or, or, or what, but I think you know, they they add, uh, you know, the last year they have Kelvin Benjamin. Now they get another big kid. The biggest knock on him is that he's inaccurate. Well, those guys cover that up for him. I think he's only getting better, Cam Newton. So I, I just felt like I had to make a case for, for Cam when I knew he would slip out of a lot of people's top ten. I, I understand. So you have Romo at 11. Yeah. You've got him, you've got Eli at 10, Peyton at 9, Phil Rivers at 8. Where, it, it, so now you're you're apologizing, but you where where do you want to put? Roma. I don't know. Maybe he belongs. What? Well, first of all, you chime in, handsome. Where? Where do you? Where would you have? I'm, Romo? I would put Romo ahead of both the Manning brothers, which is kind of you've got him. You've got him behind Eli, and you've got Eli behind Peyton. I think I would go. I think I would go Romo, Eli, Peyton. Well, in my list, though, I didn't go one through fifteen Dean, or whatever. I did what? them by tiers. I put yeah, Aaron Rodgers in his own tier at the top. I got it. Then there's that tier two. Sense. But then Peyton is in tier unclear. Yes. I mean, we don't know what it yeah, is. That, we, yeah, that's fine. Is he hurt or is, is he hurt or is he old? If, if he's fixed, if the the quad thing is fixed, then all right, then he'll be a top five QB easily. If yeah. if it's not and he's just an old man now, then he won't be in the top ten. I'd have Romo at the bottom of tier two. So I right now right. you have Phil Rivers at eight at the bottom of tier two. I would have Romo at nine at the bottom of. You'd tier so you'd have Rivers over Romo. I'd have Rivers over Romo. Yeah, see, I love Phil Rivers. I, I could tell you the hardest quarterback I had to place in this list was Drew Brees. That's the one I didn't know what to do with. But um, I want to ask you this. Okay, so I told you at the end of football season we were on the podcast, and I told you, Dave, I think people really sleep on Antonio Brown. 
Like, I think Antonio Brown is a legitimate, or was, excuse me, a legitimate MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. I really felt that way. I thought he's the most important player on the Steelers last year. Would you say that Antonio Brown, and you agreed with me, where would you put Antonio Brown among receivers? One, two, arguably three? I'd say one. But I'm down with him being up there with Megatron. Over the last two years of production, it's hard to make a a, a good case against Antonio Brown. Is at worst the second best receiver. I mean, his numbers are, like I say, I mean, 115 catches yeah. and 129 no yards and touchdowns and the spectacular nature of those and and so on and so forth. But um, I, I I know where how this is going to end. So well, hang on. So right. would you agree with? But that? we're go. But let me just say this: we're talking about going into 2015. I understand. And I think Eli is now playing in what Eli would, I, with that should stacked, have a, should have a monster year. I understand. Right. I understand. Where, where would you put Antonio Brown? I'd say Tony Brown is a top three. Top three. Okay. Top three receiver. All right. Um, and uh, you know, and like I think we've we've all kind of flipped the switch now from like let's rank things that happened in 2014 to now let's rank what we think is going to happen in 2015. No, and no I worries. think you, I think you, when you have that conversation, you've got to say that Odell Beckham is up there with Antonio Brown and, and Megatron, great point. Uh, you know, as, as those top three guys. Great point. I, I tell you this, though, I would definitely take Brown over AJ green, uh, but let's go JJ uh, Watt. JJ uh, Watt, I would say is hands down the best defensive lineman in football. Any disagreement there? No. no. Okay. Um, all right, so the point I'm making is that these are the guys in the MVP discussion, okay? The guy that finished third in the MVP voting, second overall among offensive players, everyone puts down on the list on quarterbacks, yet with every other position, the guys that are in the MVP race are at the top. I'm not trying to make a case. If this wasn't Romo and it was someone else, I'd make the same case. How can how can J.J. Watt clearly be the best defensive lineman, and how can DeMarco Murray was someone you were huge on, okay? How can he be DeMarco Murray in the top three or four running backs? But the quarterback who leads the NFL in passing is the second highest ranked MVP candidate offensively be all the way down at the bottom of a list. I only had Romo at five for the record. I don't have him higher than five, but I, but I think I, that's I think, weird to me. Well, it is weird, but it, but you're looking at it in isolation. I think everyone recognizes that the Cowboys, as as surprisingly good as they were last year, Dave. I think you had them as the thirty. I mean, and I'm I'm not I saying said they were you said they were going to have the worst pick. record in football. And I'm not. This is I'm not here to make fun of that. That had more to but do it with was, that. I thought the defense was going to be right. the all time, and worst, I think we all but. did. And and but I, I think it was a surprise. But I don't think anyone is coming out of last season thinking anything other than the offensive line and the fact that there was a running game. The Cowboys were, you know. Football's premier running totally team, agree running you, team last season. So I don't think you can you can you can everyone has that in their mind. I don't think you can then say and also they had the best quarterback I, in the game I last year, which totally is what agree. you're saying. But you know they, that's why people aren't giving. It Tony is Romo interesting that if the rise, so if Tony Romo is a constant, but the team was eight and eight, but then they spike improbably in 2014 when he remained a constant, but other pieces were brought in. Well, then he's not the the key. Okay, but you, I'm just, I, I believe in He you. was made better by the running game. I, and, uh, so, look, I think Tony Romo definitely is a top 10 quarterback, but the reason that no one's talking about him as the one, two, three quarterback is because there are guys like Aaron Rodgers. You take Aaron Rodgers right. out of that Packers offense, we've seen what happens. Let me tell it, you this. Here, it falls apart. Here's how you I approach Tony it, You take Tony Romo too. and you put Brandon Whedon in the Cowboys offense. If he's handing off the ball last season to DeMarco Murray, they're still winning games. I, you know, I don't well, want to get sidetracked the in the Aaron Rodgers conversation, but I do say I think Aaron Rodgers 
cover has covered up for uh, for some of those seasons that he's been the starting QB. So a, a really mediocre, if not uh, lower half of the league. I agree, talent wise. And and but they always win the division, which isn't the case. I know you can. So not just the QBs fall. No, no, I agree. Else, they, I don't disagree with anything you are saying. But let me just tell you my answer to your question. Why would I put anybody ahead of Romo, given where he rated in the MVP discussion? Because no, why would you very, put eight guys? Ahead. I'm telling yeah. you why. Because it's a very specific approach I take. But it is if I don't tell you anything about the conditions of the game, what defense they're playing mm-hmm. or what weapons the guy has on his side of the ball what quarterback do you want then then I defy you to go through the list and say I mean like well Romo definitely is just so you're basically talking about unconditionally in a vacuum who's the best quarterback Rodgers would be good on any team Roethlisberger wins you know whatever deficits you put around him I mean like I always point They've had out some losing those two seasons. guys I know but those two guys Rodgers and Roethlisberger have done it behind bum offensive lines. That that just uh, to me is is monstrous that, that that they can thrive behind that. And then once you get behind that, like I guess you're right about you know I could make it. You could make a pretty good argument that why would Romo be behind Andrew Luck? You know, I, I There's no I, reason for. I, Romo I mean, to be I, I like I said, other I, than perception. But I am saying though, well, Tom Brady has been more nails over his career. I know he's had failures, but he has risen. And been nails. I always point, to, you know, whatever deflate nonsense, whatever else. He did it against the Seattle Seahawks. He rallied them from double digits. So no, you can't put anybody above him. Russell Wilson, talk about nails. I know he's got, he's in a great situation. The best. Yeah, but he's still, but he is still, and it's not like he has great pass catchers. But that doesn't. I, I know, oh, I know, but I'm just telling you, he does have. He, he has on a great defense. He's got a great running game. He's got a good offensive line. He has a historic defense i know stop emailing me and texting me and tweeting me all the time seahawks fans by the <laughs> yeah. way i know your offensive line was banged up last year ergo it didn't rank in the top five or six but when it's right it is a what well, now i don't know without max unger but i but the in the preceding three years you had a very good offensive line stop yeah. telling me that russell wilson did it behind a rubbish offensive line that's just silly talk. let me just say that i agree with both of everything you guys are saying contextually but i also believe that if you're going to use that context for one player you have to apply it to another so if you're going to lament cam newton's supporting cast if you're going to lament uh you mentioned the cowboys in 2013 tony romo had them at eight and seven competing for the division title. He hurt his back in a comeback win over the Redskins. Yes, a clutch comeback win in which he has the most comeback wins of any quarterback in football, mind you, uh, over the last four years. He had him at 8-7 and seven with the NFL's worst defense of all time, statistically. Worst. The Cowboys' yards per game allowed in 2013 is, I believe, the highest yards per game allowed in the history of pro football. Let me ask you this. And, I, and, and what was DeMarco Murray I know before what last year? What know, was DeMarco Murray? He's a Listen, decent running back. All those back things are valid. Hurt. And this is has to do on some level with gut, but it also does have to do with what your eyeballs have, have shown us. Can you say deep down, if I hook you up to a lie detector mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and the fate of the planet is in the balance, and I lay out for you the scenario that I did a minute ago, you don't know the defense. You don't know if it's rainy and muddy or snowy or it's in a dome. I don't know if my offensive line is good. I don't know what weapons I have to throw the ball to. All I'm telling you is you can pick your QB. Can you honestly tell me that you're going to feel good about Tony Romo over most of the names that I have? I think I would take Phil Rivers over Romo. 
I would take, as I say, Rodgers and Roethlisberger and Brady. I think, you know what, I think I maybe, when I think about this, I wrote this a week ago, so my, I'm allowed to change my opinion. Maybe I would put Romo ahead of even Breeze. Yeah. But well, I don't know about Wilson and I, I maybe even Luck, but I, I Wilson, I, I know he's in a great situation, but he has also been the key factor in them pulling games out in tight games right. in the fourth quarter sure. consistently. Sure. You know, I think there's a real question about, um, Hank, about being clutch at the end of a game. Like the very end. So Romo has the game-winning drives. He seriously does have the most game-winning drives. But there's that stat about him in the last two minutes. Yeah, that's right. That right. All, they're also so, that stat. So if you asked me, hey, would you rather have Andrew Luck or Romo in a two-minute drill? I'd rather have Andrew Luck. However, for the other 58 minutes that determine the outcome of the game, I'd rather have Tony Romo. Troy Aikman, just I FYI, think- guys, was not a great two-minute quarterback. He, he wasn't. Right. But Troy Aikman didn't make the harebrained throws that John Elway did where John Elway trusted his arm too much in the third quarter and threw that interception, and then they were partially coming back from his own mistakes. Well, Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman I, I believe, is criminally underrated as a quarterback even though he won all those Super Bowls. That's an interesting We talk about Simmons, and he and, and Sal, you know, cousin Sal from mm-hmm. the Kimmel Show, these two, and Sal's, a, Sal's uh, second boy his middle name is Romo, so it's not like he's not biased on this. And they both agree that Troy Aikman is may, is the closest to shouldn't be in the Hall of any player really? in the Hall of Fame. In the last 20 years, he's the most questionable um, I think, entry I think in the Hall of Fame. How do you Troy feel? Aikman, I, 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 I think Troy Aikman is... I, I, can't, I can't imagine what you say to say he doesn't deserve it. I what think it it's means? an easy argument if someone wanted to make it because of the supporting cast he had, because of that defense. If you win three Super Bowls, you have to go in. Of course there, there, you do. Nothing, what else of course you He was so accurate, and he just didn't He didn't make boneheaded mistakes. And he was good but in it, those that's Super not, Bowls. But it's not like he's Alex Smith, and they were they were saying, all right, let's just pull it back. You know, he, he, he was a... Great he threw. He, was he able threw. To do he, he made those man. He made right. those 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 manly throws. I mean, he yep. he he could hit Irvin twenty twenty five yards down the field on the sideline exactly. and drop it in there. And you you hear that phrase anytime you watch a football game. They say he threw it where only his guy could get it. And when you watch, you're like, well, somebody else could have actually gotten in there. He actually, I mean, he would throw it on, on a rope and drop it right into Irvin, and and you could see, like, well, the only thing else that and, it could happen there was Irvin would have dropped it over his shoulder. I mean, he right. he was he was so precise. I think part Troy of it, honestly, was, and you've said this about a lot of great players, but he maybe made it look too easy. I think Troy went from time to time. You're right. He did those type of things, and he did he did them so often and so consistently and so without being, uh, you know, given the all the hype that was around the Cowboys at that time and their coach wanted a lot of it, wanted the shine. Emmett Smith was certainly not shy. Michael Irvin was certainly not shy. Dion was certainly not shy. There was, you know, the whole defense was, there was everything else that came with the cow being the Cowboys. And because he didn't, you know, require the limelight as much as everyone else. I think people just kind of look, yeah, it was took all it for granted. huge personalities it, with the ironic right. exception of the QB, right? The QB, well, which, is, which the, uh, the, of the Dallas Cowboys quarterback when they're at their best period ever. Ha- having lived there at the time and watching every minute of those games, the closest equivalent to Troy Aikman on the team was Darren Woodson. Darren Woodson did not have that big personality. He was consistently good. Darren Woodson was every bit as good a player as Troy Aikman. Every bit as good. And any Cowboys fan would probably tell you that, that watched that era. Um, I don't know that I would say Troy Aikman was overrated. 
But if you told me who I'm more passionate about, it's definitely Romo. Because I think Romo, I think people are so illogical about, like some people. Throw, I know you do. You th- I, they're and I illogical. Agree. I mean. Well, like I just talked about, everybody's so quick to be snarky and cynical about yes. everything. But don't put me into that sea of voices. I just admitted I underrated yeah, I get you. Romo here. But I'm, I, you know, it's I and. Admittedly, I also just said, well, part of it is gut, but I, I wouldn't if the fate of the planet were hanging. Romo wouldn't be in my top I think six it brings or seven up a good choices point. of guys I'd want to have in there. I know you're a big Dan Fouts guy. You know, when it's Dan Fouts is held up, has always been held up, but Dan Fouts had uh, three career playoff wins, and, and his career to me is not much different than Tony Romo's. Uh, you know, I, to, to me, to me, I don't think passer rating, for example, is the be-all, end-all. Some people like yards per attempt. Some people like winning percentage. You know, you like wins. Romo's winning percentage is high. His yards per attempt is almost the highest in NFL history. His passer rating, even if you don't like it, it was 20 points higher than Phillip Rivers yesterday, last year. 20 points. We're not talking about five no, I, or I, three I, or eight. I mean, even if you don't like a stat, let's say you think home runs is overrated. Okay, like home runs, look, you got to look at other things. But when one guy's got 46 and the other guy's got 24, <laughs> you kind of got to give it up, you know? All right. I, I, but it, and that's interesting because Rivers and Romo are, you know, there's, there's sort of chunks of quarterbacks at the moment that are sort of ranked together. And I think until last season, I'd have, Rivers and Romo are often grouped together. Yeah, wherever, they're both great. Where, you know, somewhere, somewhere towards after five at the back end of, of the top 10. After last year, I would put, Although Rivers had a had a nice season, I would put Romo ahead of Rivers. Um, what I, I'm I'm suddenly thinking about this. Who would you rather have? It's a fun little game to play. Let's just do a couple of them real fast. Current QB or best QB in the franchise's history? Would you rather have Aikman or Romo? He just answered that question ad nauseum. All right, I guess that's fair. Actually, what about yeah, isn't that what just happened? Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna behind this offensive line. I'd rather I'd Aikman. rather have Aikman. Because of all the other stuff, Aikman was a leader, dude. He stepped in that huddle, and those guys did what he said. Uh, I With t- a lot of personalities in the huddle. Yeah, I want to just tell you one little side story that I've always thought is interesting. It's kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't think I've ever told it on the podcast before, but he, Troy Aikman in the late 90s, took some serious criticism in Dallas because they had an assistant coach, I think it was John Blake, uh, who said that he was racist. That he only yelled oh, yeah, at black right. he only yelled at black players, and the first guy that went out and defended him was the kooky guy Charles Haley, who said his quote literally was, "Look around that huddle, man. It's all black faces. Who do you want him to yell at? You know, at this point, Jay Novacek was gone. You know, Mark Tuane was gone. David Lafleur hadn't <laughs> David the Fleur, job. Yeah, but you know, literally, it's like, come on, dude. There's there's not a guy." on that team or in the organization that didn't respect Troy. And sometimes if you want to, if you want to pick something about Tony Romo that might be lacking, it's not him in the clutch because I can give you a ton of numbers that prove it. It's the leadership thing. I think that he might lack I think what is a little what, bit. I think what uh, you see, and it comes through the television screen, really, I think when you watch him play in Detroit uh, in the playoffs this year and everything else, you can tell, he is carrying the weight carrying, of exactly. of all the years where he didn't get it done. I, I don't. These I don't, guys who claim that they 
Clayton Kershaw, it's, I, I, I don't notice all that. That's my Peyton Manning. I don't hear all that. No, that's nonsense. Yeah, you hear it. You, yeah. You're fully I don't aware. Think, I, know that, I know that there are all the numbers to back him up in the yeah. fourth quarter. I don't think Tony Romo really believes those numbers. That's I think exactly. Tony Romo you really – You know he, he knows. knows. I think that's fair. I, I think, think his fair. head is, oh, no, there could be an interception coming. You, can, you definitely can but see that. But let me ask you this as a fan, Hank. If another quarterback, not named Tony Romo, brought his team back in the fourth quarter against the second-ranked defense in the NFL, don't you think they'd get a little more credit for it? And I have, oh, to, an- I have to answer this as that a, was a as ridiculous. Are you talking about the Lions game? They were the second-best defense in the NFL last year. Well, I think you also remember some terrible calls in that game. I, both ways, but yes, I, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, well, then we could talk about Green. All right, I don't want to get talk the about whole thing sidetracked. I want to play yeah. my game. Let's go through the. Keep going. Uh, so, Thiesman or RG three. Or I guess it would be Sammy Baugh, really. Yeah, this I don't. Great. This isn't a good game? You don't like no, my no, game? No, no, I like it. I, I, I like the game. I'm not sure. Sims, this... Sims or Eli? Eli. Ooh. Eli over Sims. I think so, too. I, th- I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, Oof, Randall hard. Cunningham? Is that who we go with from the Eagles? I mean, well, I'm talking. You'd, I'm not, you'd I'm not have to go. Well, there's Jaworski. I'm not going Norm, Norm Van Brock. Yeah, I'm I, talking Super, Super Bowl. Super era. Super Bowl era. So who, who is our choice? Cunningham or who? McNabb? No. I, oh, yeah, uh, McNabb would be the other choice. I'll, no, McNabb. Or, or they're starting now. So McNabb or Sam Bradford. Is I would take right? McNabb. Yeah. McNabb in his prime. This is kind of an unfair game. You can't do best ever. You kind of have to do the previous yeah. generation or something like that. That's yeah. too uh, – uh, Roethlisberger what? or Bradshaw? Roethlisberger. Okay. Brad that's that's a James big call. Winston. That's a big call, though. Brad Johnson or Jameis Winston? Brad Johnson. <laughs> no. You know what? So I did the – so we all did our ratings. I – you want to talk about uh, if I'd done one more, if I'd gone to 16, just well, I would have done it actually to see what the reaction would have been. But I legitimately think by the end of by by Christmas, Jameis Winston will be comfortably one of the upper half QBs. I think people will say he's a he's, could be he's going to be could great be. from day one. You wait and see. Hear me, Ryan Tannehill will knock him down a spot. Though. That's the only guy who might get in his way. Matt Stafford's there. We know what Stafford is at this point. I think Ryan Tannehill. Keep in mind too. I do, just talking to the Finsiders. Oh, wait. I, I made this. I just made <laughs> really? this. Did I you invite made, me along to that? No, no. But you should get on the horn with them. They're with lovely, Aubrey they're Beavers. And, uh, oh, you'd love Troy talking Stratford. to them all. Oh. Remember that 727 yards rushing you had in 1987? You know what's sad is that Strike shortened year. It's, it's possible when you, you – I mean – that's when you start ranking QBs, everybody has to point out he this guy didn't have the running game and that guy has a bad mm-hmm. defense and that guy's coach is bad. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Dan Marino, maybe his best pass catcher ever was O.J. McDuffie. That's crazy. I think actually Irving, probably Mark people Clayton. Forget, well, Irving Fryer right. was more consistent and better. Clayton had had like flared up for a couple seasons. But that's pretty Mark bad. Duper, though. Yeah, he did. Well, Keith Jackson might have actually been his best receiver. Receiver, oh, but, guys. Duper and Clayton were pretty special early in Marino's career. But they Mark were, Clayton was better than Duper. Clayton and, was better than and, Duper. and they were both it, very good. But would they have been? Would you? Would you, we know who they are? Right now, uh, no. I, 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 Clayton went to Green Bay, and I realize it was towards the backside of his career, but he was worthless. Yeah, they gave him his backside after about that's right ten games there. But uh, Mark Malone or Bubby Brister, Bubby, Bubby Brister. Brister. Uh, you Malone know, was awful. Speaking on while we're on the uh, subject, no Romo talks. Seriously, uh, just about supporting cast. I submit to you that this crap about wide receivers has got to go, and I'm guilty of. Can it. we say crap, Ponte? <laughs> yeah. 
It's a new world. Yes. Yeah, We're X-rated right. now. You can say I, a lot I, worse okay. than that. I, I submit to you that the number one factor in a quarterback's supporting cast, if you don't count the coach, is the defense. Second factor should be the running back, and the third factor should be the receivers. I, I wrote in the article, I love Russell Wilson. Wilson. I put him at seven. I think that's fair. But he has the most help in the league. I don't care about his receivers. He has the first defense in over 45 years to hold, to lead the league in points per game three straight years in a row. If you only have to score 15 points to, to be in the game, then you have the best supporting cast. Well, period. I mean, this is – And then a, you have Marshawn Lynch. We talked about this uh, earlier in the week or last week. Yeah, 2015 now serves as a huge test for Russell Wilson without uh, the, the centerpiece, the, the literal center of that offensive line. And who else did they lose? Their right uh, guard as Wait well. Wait a second. Either way. They've got Jimmy Graham. I know, but they have Jimmy Graham, which means that they're not going to be as powerful an offense. They're going to have to do it with a little bit more finesse. Now it's on Russell Wilson. I Let's think see he'll him do get it. over. Uh, yeah. I All right. Well, but this is the test. If, it, if Russell Wilson slides back this year, then, then Elliot, we will say, yeah, see, that's right. But your boy Pete Prisco from CBS, I don't know if you've seen, is tweeting at you, me, and Bucky mm. saying that Russell Wilson is way, way too high. Well, I had him at seven. Where'd you have him? I, I don't remember where five, you had him. You had it five, and Bucky had him right around where I did. Um, way, or, way, way too high. He's been in the, he's, uh, you know, beat, he's, the last two years he's been in the Super Bowl and was, you know, three feet away from being the back-to-back champion. First Hard court- to knock him. First quarterback to ever have 100 passer rating in his first two seasons. I, I'll tell you what I like about Russell Wilson the most is he knows when to call it a day uh, on a play. Mm-hmm. He will just chuck it out of bounds, or he knows when to decide, okay, it's a good time to run here. That's why I hated the play call in the Super Bowl, not because they didn't run the ball. Just why not give Russell Wilson a run-pass option there to let him either run it in, chuck the ball in the stands, or, or try to make a throw in the end zone. Wait, what play? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, oh, that. Yeah, I've yeah, heard that, about that play. Yeah, that no, play. I agree with you. Obviously, if you run at the edge and put the pressure on the defense the, with him and Lynch, that that's the play to run there. The one other thing with the Seahawks this season that's interesting, and like we, Jimmy Graham is obviously the big story. Chris Matthews, who suddenly appeared in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. none of us had ever heard of him or knew where he came from or everything else. I'm interested to see what you know with a legit big target. Uh, how that receiving core changes as well with Jimmy Graham. Well, I, the, great, the guy great. with the, I mean, the pedigree, at least for what it's worth, is uh, is uh, Paul Richardson, who they right, who also they dropped. He comes who, back. That's the guy who might be a sleeper. He was sort of a non-factor for the majority of the don't year. Don't forget but, about Lockett either. Don't tell me about the Seahawks, Tennessee. Why don't you support your 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 home state team? You you vibe to the team that plays all uh, four four forty five hundred miles away from yeah, you. Yeah, you should be wearing a Frank Wycheck jersey, not a yeah. Jimmy Graham jersey. But. Shame on you, sir. Or at least you should be uh, you should be a Broncos fan th- in support of Peyton Manning. Yeah, think about Tennessee that hasn't put anybody too. else in the NFL in the last fifteen years. So. Th- oh know. my gosh, get out, Aaron Foster! Really, he's, <laughs> he's nobody. Get out I kid. You know, Jim, Jim, Tennessee football fans though, or uh, <laughs> University of Tennessee football fans, suffer from that syndrome. It happens more in college football than it does in any other sport, where the fan base doesn't re- realize that they're no longer a powerhouse, but they continue to carry themselves. It's like a woman who's uh, forty-nine who was a model and conducts herself, she comports herself like, yeah, the door swings open for me. And when I, what I say gets done by men because they, because they want to be, no, 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 that was true. That's not true. anymore. nobody, <laughs> nobody thinks Tennessee is, has any value. Top anymore. five, top five. Fantastic. 
Butch Jones, Butch Jones is turning the corner. Top back to back top five recruiting classes. We'll win the East the next three years. Write it down. Well, you have good uniforms. I'll give you that much. Thanks. Hey, on Jimmy Graham, man, is it possible that he's a little overrated? I mean, in the sense that I was talking to Steve Weish in the newsroom and name drop. Th- well, there's a reason. There's a real reason Not New Orleans dealt. There's there's a reason New Orleans dealt him, <laughs> and there's a reason New Orleans dealt Kenny Stills. Okay, and and wait, what? In other words. <laughs> I, I think that New Orleans, in some ways, is trying to get the locker room right, and they need consistency. And, guys, Jimmy Graham is not a consistent player. He's a, a guy that can have huge days in the NFL and then be absent uh, in other games for them, in pockets and games. It's like, where's Jimmy Graham? And if he was such a – could you ever imagine right now New England trading Rob Gronkowski? No way. But these guys get compared – all the time, and to me, there's no comparison between these two players. I'd agree with you on that. I'm not sure Seattle's going to be better with Jimmy Graham. They, I, I they were good a, with what they had. This is a fascinating experiment, uh, experiment they're conducting. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens in that division. AFC East is juicy. We have a lot to talk about uh, as we run up the football season here. The two Easts, I mean, you, the, I mean, I don't think you can make a case that DC is going to win the division with Jay Gruden and all their uh, tumult at QB. But the other three teams are reasonable picks to win that division. The West is, is, I mean, ironically, I guess the 49ers ain't going to win it, but the Cardinals and the Rams should be fun to see what they can do this year. But a handsome Hanks division. I mean, all four of those teams can mm-hmm. win the division. The Browns ain't winning the the North in, in that, but those other three teams can win that division. I think this. I mean, yeah, I'm with you, and we've talked about these. I think the AFC South is sneaky. Could be. Oh yes, could be really one, fun yes. this season as well. You like the Texans a lot. I like the Texans. The Jags. Could, if Blake Bortles suddenly, you know, right. if he comes alive, he's got a little bit of a supporting cast there. That could work out nicely. The Colts are obviously going to be good. Who knows what Marcus Mariota is going to do in the pros? I think. I think. That's a fun that for the first time that could be a real and that I can remember. I agree with while, you about the other three. It's going to be I, a fun division. As I've told you, the Texans are going to win that division. That's uh, Damashek's first bold prediction of 2015. Um, but the I, I well, I'll be interested to see. I don't. I mean, look, I'm not predicting anything out of it. I just think there is more intrigue in that division than there's, you know those those Jags Titans games. The Texans when things fell off, whatever two years ago after they they'd been in the playoffs for a couple of years in a row. That, that you know, that's more interesting than it's been. All right, let's talk about Mad Men for a second here. And by well, very quickly though, Tannehill. Do you really believe he'll be top twelve, thirteen by year's end? I think that's I think that's where he should be. Oh, that's what I started to say about Tannehill. Oh, good. Okay. So I said to your pals at the Finsiders. They're not my pals because no, I've I'm never been my pals. Yeah, they're your pals. Well, but you share a love for turquoise and orange. Right. Um, they asked about Tannehill, and you know. In the 21st century, I think everybody is now pretty much up to speed. All the GMs and coaches have gotten over that uh, that rhetoric, that 20th century rhetoric about the young man needs to learn at the knee and all that. And with few exceptions, if a guy's drafted in the first round, he is immediately the starter, and you expect him to deliver on that in the first season. You don't expect him to have a Troy Aikman rookie season anymore. Mm-hmm. You to get his feet wet. You want him to be good immediately. Tannehill is is caught up in that. Because obviously he was a high round, a high first round pick, but when he was going in, he'd only played quarterback for one year at A and M. You know, this is it's everybody else plays in pro style offenses, spread offenses that lend themselves to the to the transition, but not Ryan Tannehill. He's a guy, uh, unlike a lot of those guys of his generation. 
where I feel sure we have not seen his best yet. No, I think, I think he that, still hasn't hit Where some guys, we know what some of these guys are at this right. point. Right, so as you say, he's he's basically four years into his career as a as a quarterback. I mean, it, and, and every year he's got better. Yep. Every year he doesn't, he he seems like he's a smart guy. You've spoken to Oh, he's a delight. He's, he's, he's a positively delight, he's a, uh, good humored. Right. I had some laughs with him and everything. But he does, nice what fella. he doesn't do is make the same, like as a fan watching him, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He's he's pretty good at going, okay, I realize that that was a mistake and learns from it and moves on. If he keeps go, if he keeps progressing at, as he has done the last couple of years, everything's on the way up. His completion percentage went from 58 to 60 to 66% last season. His yardage went up, his TD to interception ratios gone his rating up. went way his, up. And his QB rating went from 76 as a rookie, 81 second year, to 92 last year. I mean, every, like, things are trending in the right direction. I guess the question is, where where does he plateau? Does he plateau as the 13th best quarterback in the NFL, or does he keep getting better and get up to Well, when, when it comes five? to, who? so wait, who are his pass catchers now? Well, this I year, get, Jarvis, now, my, Land, my Jarvis, Landry. Jarvis Landry yeah. was good in the second Devante half of the Parker, season. Devontae Parker, who was their right. first overall first round pick. pick. Kenny yep. Stills. They lose yep. Charles Jennings, Clay, Hartline, Jordan Cameron. Wallace. Okay, Jordan, Jordan Cameron. Cameron's the tight end. Clay so, is in Buffalo. So you get good health, right. So if you get good they, health out of those top three pass catchers, that's pretty good. And I think he had – I think Mike Wallace led a fairly unhappy um, receiver core last year. You know, I, 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 there was dissatisfaction across the board. Bill Lazor built an offense that probably didn't maximize the skills of a Brian Hartline, who's not a stellar receiver anyway, but a, kind of been a comfort blanket. He's in for, Cleveland. For, he's in Cleveland, exactly. So but Hartline, was, his, he didn't suit that new Dolphins offense. The guys they've got there now should probably be better in that offense as well. I think he, I think he has every reason to be to continue to improve. Check, you know what? Better Lamar Miller right. coming on. Since you and I Jay are Jay Ajay. That's right. You and I were uh, copied on some of the same tweets, you know, about our list. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you had one guy that you were hammered the most. I was hammered the most for choosing Alex Smith as kind of my wild card for 10. But was there any guy on your list as we wrap the QB talk up, is there anybody on your list that you were surprised you weren't hammered about? Because I have one. I, I thought for sure I was going to get killed on Twitter, and I didn't get one comment about it. Not one. Out of hundreds. Um, No. There was, uh, uh, Romo was the one that stood out. People thought Cam Newton was too high for me at number seven. I had Roethlisberger at two over Brady at three. Of course, all the Patriots fans suggested I'm a tremendous homer. I'd Roethlisberger at three. Yeah, I mean, uh, so. and, and by the way, listeners, you can uh, listen or sorry, read this thing at NFL.com slash top 10 QBs, where not only can you read Dave, Bucky and Elliot's uh, list, the top 10, but you can also today, each of you addressed some of the comments that were made on social media. And then media. there are comments. Uh, that's always the treat. Any Comments uh, about the comments that you addressed. Pro tip. When you're on NFL.com and you're reading, uh, you read somebody's piece, make sure you visit the comment section because that's there's the real some treat. Fun, that's some the fun real treat. There. And I like to interact with those people. And people say, why would you do that? Oh, my God. It must fun. Uh, really, it's because it's funny, the, the, the things people say on there. But I've noticed that people have already started supplying comments to my comments on their comments. Yes. And they, fe- they felt I was disrespectful once again. Jeez. <laughs> Well, listen, what do you want me to say to you? I uh, thought I was going to get killed, Check, for having Andrew Luck six. I thought for sure oh, people were going to be – and not no one. And I think people are catching on that, yeah, he's he's a good player, but he's kind of become the new Teflon Don that never takes any criticism. And let's let's just tap the brake before we anoint him a Hall of Famer just yet, you know, and let him, you know, let him develop like everybody else. Last QB question. 
if he retires today, Tony Romo, Hall of Fame? I think so. Oh, handsome. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I really don't. I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I don't think he would get into the. Hall. I, I don't. I think. I think because he's he's had so many. Oh, I don't want to start. Yeah. I know, but well, yeah. I I just don't think he would. But if he get, if he goes deep one time, if he I wouldn't if mind he, if, he if he wins. If he if he wins a Super Bowl, he's in the Hall of Fame. But do you have to get win a Super Bowl? No, to be in the you Hall don't. Well, why you it's don't, funny but is he has to cancel out a few things. I people will disagree with me about the first part of what I'm going to say, but I guarantee you, barring injury to him. Eli Manning's going to the Hall of Fame because of the numbers he's going to put up in the next two years with Odell Beckham and Insane. Victor Cruz. He's going to go, and he has the two rings, and whether people like it or not, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. The guy who's on the fence is Phil Rivers, and who's better between Phil Rivers and Eli? Clearly, Phil is the superior QB, so it's funny to think. I, I mean, I guess some people argue the premise that Eli's going, but trust me, he's going to the Hall of Fame. All right, real quick, handsome. Mad yes. Men. Do you watch it, EH? I, I watched, I've watched it intermittently. I haven't watched it straight on through all the way. I, I've been trying to choose between that, Game of Thrones, and uh, True Detective, and I think True Detective is the one that I'm actually going to watch straight on through. Well, True Detective, we've discussed that It's only that six here. episodes. There are <laughs> some pretty large. What is it, Eight, nine episodes, really, eight, or eight episodes? But I, I've watched probably... 15 episodes of Mad Men. Um, well, I I enjoyed the finale, or I should say I enjoyed parts of it. I loved the Draper story, um, although, as uh, as my pal Feeney pointed out, it, you immediately, from the moment you see him in the car, the, the opening shot of the finale is Draper speeding in the, you know, in the, in the desert, yes. um, trying to send land speed records or whatever. I thought, all right, hopefully this is short-lived, and then we'll get him back to New York, and we'll see him with his people. The, we don't want to spend the last episode with a bunch of strangers, but that's exactly but that's what happened. But I thought the I thought the the way they rounded out his story was pretty good, uh, or was very good, and I liked the Sterling stuff from a comedic standpoint and seeing him happy and everything else. I thought the Peggy stuff, little it it was a little saccharine. It was it to me. It was all it was all a little neat, you know. It wasn't it's not it wasn't the end of anyone's life. It was just everything. All the it tied up too many. I know that you're not a fan of how True Detective ended because you wanted an ending. This had. Two... I didn't appreciate that the whole thing was about uh, was it, was it. an atheist no, I, and then the oh hey, it's all wait, big wait, setup. I, I didn't mean to, but what I mean is, this right, it was all it. too comfortable. Yes, but John Hamm, I read an interview the day after that he gave actually on Monday after the show had ended. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, he's reading about people saying it was rom com and everything else. And um, Peggy specifically having her romance uh, come out of nowhere with uh, with her. By the way, with that, so I couldn't remember, but doesn't um, Rizzo, that's his name, right, Stan, Mm -hmm. he had a wife. Did he have a wife? There was a a girlfriend. Okay, there was a nurse that he was living with. I thought that was his Yeah, that was just his girlfriend. Um, But... uh, you know, and I thought too. I, it seemed like it was written by Michael Patrick King. It seemed like a scene in from Sex in the City, the way it was written. I don't. But Ham points out it doesn't say Peggy and Stan work out long term, and Joan doesn't necessarily her business doesn't necessarily work and thrive. It's just this we're leaving them right. in a happy spot. But the whole thing has been a little bit of a fly on the wall kind of experience. Um, you know, we don't join Don at the start of anything. We pick him up in his life, and we've watched 12 mm-hmm. years of uh, of this operation. But uh, I, I didn't like the language of it. I just didn't like the, you know what, now that I think about it, I think I am in love with you in the running down the hall and all that. I thought, 
too hokey. Too hokey yeah. for me. And I didn't like Pete Campbell. Also, that was, yes, that was, that was too was, easy. Yeah, and he's such a disgusting. Does that happen being. in life? I just don't buy that that yeah. happens. I, I don't care even if you like yeah, if yeah, you hate landed. him. Like that's how life resolves itself. I've decided we're back together. Let's move to Nebraska. Right. I just landed a job in charge of Lear Jets. We've got our own private jet. You'll get back with me. And she's like, "Oh, okay. Actually, I probably would do." But I did. But bottom line, I really did enjoy the uh, what it said. I, I I thought it was very. And and then I guess. Again, back to being cynical, my take on it was was that Matthew Weiner et al. were trying to be cynical and, and showing how disposable the um, the well-intentioned 60s, peace and love and all that was by and just dismissing just it dismissing as a commercial. It commercial, exactly. But then I guess Matthew Weiner has since said, well, that's looking at it cynically, of course. I'm, you know, that if you if you take it as a, a tagline, then that's on you. Then you're a cynic that way but in fact it uh you know it's it's about positive things the tagline is merely reflecting what is possible in human nature and all that's good about it so, that, so i didn't see it that way right. so now i guess i'm, I'm a bad you know guy. since i don't since i didn't uber geek out on the show and just watched it kind of passively i would just say that i watched breaking bad passively i watched the walking dead very passively and i think mad men was far superior to both and i know breaking bad their fans just think that's the greatest show in the history of television. But to me, what I notice about Mad Men, you know, everyone talks about the characters all the time. I just love the feel of that show. Like, to sure. me, I don't know that there's ever... I used to watch uh, Rome on HBO. This was back in, like, 2008. And it had a really cool feel to it. It was too expensive. It was the most expensive show, I believe, at the time in the history of television. Um, you watch Mad Men. I don't know that I've ever seen a higher quality produced show ever it's a lovely looking show that's for sure it's amazing i mean everything looks legit you know style you know the uh, it was stylized and everything else um but yeah i'm glad that they didn't sell it. i mean i thought for a split second they're handsome were you worried don is joining this peace and love cult did you, i was th- for a second i, I thought, thought when he wait he's gonna reinvent himself yeah. now as a hippie oh no please yeah, don't no, that do wouldn't this. work yeah so when that happened the show ends and I've been I've watched the whole thing, you know. We at first with my wife, we started watching it um, on Netflix and and catching up with it. And then obviously, as it went on, and so I was like, "Wow, that was an amazing finish." Let's talk about it. She goes, "How do you know that's the last episode?" I said, what do you mean? <laughs> she said, "Well, how do you know they're not just going to make another one?" I was like, "What do you they What do you mean? What are you talking about? This that's the whole, we've been talking about this the whole way through. This was the final series." She goes, "Yeah, I know, but how do you know they won't make? What are you talking about?" See if. Entourage has done anything. Now right. it's, now now it's going to be a Mad Men movie. It's not a... By the way, that's what we're left with. We lose Letterman and Mad Men and oh we gain... God. Entourage. Entourage movie. Who was out there looking for turtle in drama? that's what we need? Ugh. The least essential you know, thing. Entourage wasn't time. a bad show, though. Yes, it, no, it, yes, it, it, was, it wasn't a bad show in the first series, but by series show. 11, <laughs> it definitely was a bad show, and it definitely doesn't need a movie. I need it. We need a uh, tiebreaker, if you will. A uh, porn tiebreaker. Porn tie. You're the right age. You're the demo for that show. Yep. Entourage, yay or nay? Yeah. Oh, come on. Why? You think it's cool? You think they're super yeah, it's cool? A, it's, it's a hilarious show. Hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowed back on the show. If that's Can hilarious, that that, you might like the you might like to see what the what they, these people are up to. But one thing it was never was funny. What whatever made you laugh on that show? A whole bunch of things. You know? Not tell me one thing that was funny. I, I mean, I, I, it, it just I 
Tell me one. It. Tell me one thing that happened that was like, ha that's pretty head. funny. That I, I can't. Honestly, I really don't don't the remember. The first time it's been that like Ari was angry, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and that was like what episode one. Yeah, Ari yeah. running. That 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 every episode involves him running in one of his fancy suits, and oh, right. just, he's unlikable. Adrian Grenier is a terrible actor. Drama and Turtle are two clowns. Who gives a whatever about the I thought Drama was a pretty good clown. Drama's the strongest character on that show. Right. Come on, bro. Ugh. (laughs) Shame on you. Shame on you both. It's no Mad Men. Can I earn some points? Yes. Okay. That's true. Um, Hey, Dave, just one thing. Um, There's uh, a guy I would would like to give a shout-out to. Oh. I'm not doing a black tie type shout-out, but there's uh, yesterday I I went out with two of our friends from around the NFL. Ah. Yeah. Um, to see uh, Oasis's Noel Gallagher was sure. playing in, in in Los Angeles. We watched a great show. We had a great time with Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler um, from uh, the Around the NFL podcast. Not familiar with them, but you know, I've heard you, good you've things. heard of them. I've heard good, some so good things. So the show ends. Uh, Noel Gallagher winds up the show by playing a couple of Oasis's great hits, which is what most of the the majority of the people in the in the theater were waiting for. And you know everyone's excited, and then as as the lights come up, this guy taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Hank, is that you?" And uh, he's a fan of the Dave Damashek ah. football program and a fan of around the NFL. His name's Eddie. He was there with his delightful like uh, wife slash girlfriend slash fiance. So little shout out to Eddie who was uh, who how was about in the that last night. Look who just walked in, Mr. Buzzkill himself, Black Tie. Wants Black to Tie wants up. to know why Porn Tie allowed this to go on for two and a half. Do you hours. see? He now he. Do you see what happens to your bits if you don't keep them alive yourself, Black Tie? Handsome now just co-opted uh, shout out. Maybe well, we'll, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't a shout. It wasn't like. Hey guys, this is a shout out, man. I want to shout out uh, quarterbacks who have sexy deep balls, man. Bouncers who aren't a bam, bam, it's a, but it's a man. It's, it's a real pain do, being a bouncer checking. Uh, I checking love the ID. fact that Black Tie had a bit, thought it was okay, and then but we only did it did it like four times. Uh, but okay, it was like, I did like ten times. Hey man, I'm going to abandon this now. Man. One's coming pretty soon. Though. I have a no, one's coming pretty soon. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're pretty sophisticated. I understand why there's about seven or eight month gap between them. <laughs> they're pretty sophisticated. It's tough. I like the idea of it. If you don't the know, lab. the shout outs were they weren't to his pals. They weren't to right. to hey my uh, my sister in law. It's her birthday. They weren't those kind of shout outs. He just shouted out to occupations yeah. that were it was worthy a good of idea. recognition. It was a great idea. The last shout out, bathroom attendance, and everything. He else. could only right. sustain it for for four. Well, I have, I have one to go, but it's kind of tough. So I want you kinda, to do it I'm, right now. I'm sitting on it. So it's not fully fleshed okay, out. Okay, let's hear it. It's not fully fleshed out, but let's see if we can make this work. I don't know. You guys are putting me on the Time spot for here. for Black Tie shout out. Do, 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 do. All right, we'll just use that as there. Yeah, that can be the, that's the. All right, so because it's not fully worked out. So my shout out goes to uh, Obit producers, so people who have to produce pieces for people who they expect what? Leave the earth pretty soon. Oh. So it's like, yeah, you got to prep for it. Can you, they, wait, can we you have, have one here. I love that. We have one here at uh, the NFL. Yep. Wait, we have one ready to go for somebody? No, we have a guy here that uh, does all of them. His job is to do obits. Yeah. He does all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. I, know that. so I, this, this, I like this one. So but can you job. tell people so what So somebody who's are. long in the tooth. Exactly. In our so in this would be in the world of pro football. You have to identify that guy's situation mm-hmm. ain't looking great. 
He's going to check out fairly soon. Hey, we're going to have to bring Mark Farrow in. And Mark, can you tell us about Phil Sims? What did you like about <laughs> Phil Sims? <laughs> I hadn't heard about Phil. I well, no, I'm giving an example. Oh, I see. I'm not I saying that Phil saying, Sims is a bad right. guy. But that's the, I mean, I like the you. Obit producer is a bad one. But then they actually have to make, hey, Mark Bavaro, can you come and talk about Phil Sims? I see. Um, and tell us about what yeah, it was. Ghoulish that, work. Yeah. But, but when you do, pretend he's dead. <laughs> it's a tough job. Have you man. had to do that yourself, Black Guy? I have guy? not, and I hope I never get to. But it's a tough job to do. I don't no. think. I don't think will you're you, suited. I don't think you're particularly well suited. Well, will you do my I'm will, emotional guy? Will you, will you make mine? <laughs> if I pass, actually, you know, well, what? can a, I ask a special favor? Can I ask a special favor if I do die? Please hand it off to anybody else. In all seriousness, Dave, <laughs> you'll I put have... the worst up. I didn't think I didn't think your line there was as funny as as what uh, Khalil Mack said back. So I I had Khalil's, <laughs> Khalil Mack's response. <laughs> you cut me out of my own obituary video. Yeah, oh. well, Khalil Mack's the man, man. I liked his body language. Too long winded, you know. I had to go with something shorter. Bite. <laughs> Dave's so obit. Dave's seconds. obit is two Type and a half 45. hours long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rambling, um, rambling start. Because you, could you have an football. elimination chamber of guys that you think are going to kick the bucket? No, I think that might be a little cool. bit. Cool. <laughs> let's not do that, please. Okay. See, that's Real I quick, to go down this line. We, I did talk to uh, Mr. Hanzus and uh, Sessler about this, and in fact, all the around the NFL guys. And now I, I ask you, handsome, if Elliot Harrison dies tomorrow, mm-hmm. what is the reaction of NFL media? Do they mention him on Total Access? Yeah, there will be a probably a um, I would say a twenty-five minute tribute to Elliot, and then they get back to twenty-five minutes. The slate gate. Well, I asked the producers. I said, "Well, if Dan Hanzus dies uh, tomorrow. What? Right. How do you respond on Total Access?" They said, uh, "At the end of the second segment, we would bump out and go to black over a, over a still Picture. shot of him." I said, "That's, that's all." That's what they would give. <laughs> would there even be any explanation? Well, I don't, no, I think it would probably be like... Just written in, as a graphic. Well, things may be deflated up in Foxborough. <laughs> We're feeling pretty deflated around these parts, too, because we've lost uh, one of our favorites here. From around the NFL... You sound really, like a baseball announcer in the seventh grade. We didn't grade. really talk to very much. <laughs> we, we really didn't try to acknowledge him or his co- cohorts very much uh, because they weren't on TV with us, but uh, we did bump into them in the hallway. And I believe his name was Dan Hadzus. And, uh, this is taking a very, very dark turn. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back after the break. With <laughs> right the back. Gate. Wait till you see what Ryan Tannehill and the missus were up to in South <laughs> Beach with all that money burning a hole in his pocket. Coming back on Total Access. By the way, I love how you guys locked me out when I was trying to get in. <laughs> Talking madman spoilers. Sorry, uh, por- that's porn uh, time, uh, not be- us. I just can't believe that Don Draper. Oh, oh, why whoa. would they? Why would they have him lose his know, arm? What's the point of him not having an arm? Well, you understand why, though. So, I mean, I do. I get. Yeah. The, I get the metaphor of him not having one right. of his arms, but it. It also he's is like that's legless. a weird way to leave him. He's been legless for a lot of his ah, career legless. in the office. And now that's he like, ends my, up my, my, on, for my headset is on mute right now. So. All right. Okay. Well, that's Keep that. Keep it that way. That's it. So we're done now. I can't should believe. we close the show, Hank? Yeah, I mean, I we opened it. We should yeah, be closing. Should close it. Why right? did Peggy move to Madrid? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. <laughs> that, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I forgot you were there. I thought your headset was on mute. Lucky you didn't hurt yourself. What's Draper about... going to do without his right arm, though? Is the other? Is... All right. Is that right? Yeah, that's Wait, did I do that right? Hank, you should. You host no, it. No, no, baby. you can do this. But shouldn't think... shouldn't it be dueling? I'll do Elliot. We got to do a whole show this way. Let's let's. You always want to do me though. I know. <laughs> well, I have thing. to. I well, no. I'll, okay, I I'll do handsome. 
Black Tie does me. Elliot does. I'll do black. Black. Oh, you do black tie, and that leaves. I'm doing Hank. No, you're doing. No, you're doing Hank. Hank. Oh, so I'll do, do Elliot. You do, and you Elliot. do Hank. All right. Okay, you do Hank. All right. All right. I'll I'll start here. All right. Hey guys, we gotta we gotta wrap it up now, man. This is this is going on way hey, too long. Hey, today. hey, hey, hey! Look at here now. I understand about you love your your Ben Roethlisberger. I respect it. I respect that in a man who stands by where who who knows where he came from. You understand? But Tony Romo wears that star on the side of his hat. And when you put that on, you get a lot more than you bargained for. It's about a lot more than what you got attached to that right shoulder. There's a world of pressure. Got to rap. Got to rap. Talk to rap. Talk to rap. America's team. I, I, have a, I have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've done enough. We've talked football. We've talked Mad Men. We've talked. You're not even trying to do it, boy. Producers. Let me get to it. Oh, Sheesh. Right. <laughs> that Obit producers. Uh, enough's right. enough. Man, we and it's been a thin slice of heaven. That was awful. That was, <laughs> that was very disappointing. That was, that was you already rough. ruined the whole thing. Yeah, no. I kind of want to, Dave, since I'm trying to decide what to watch here, I kind of want from you guys an elimination chamber between these four Love shows. It. Okay, Breaking Bad, Breaking Mad Bad, Men, Mad True Men, Detective. True Detective. Uh, wait, Breaking Bad Matt, and Game of Thrones. Ooh. Game of Thrones, Ooh. Mad Men, True, Detra- True Detective, Breaking well, Bad. I mean, this is a hard one for me because I don't love. I love True Detective was my favorite through seven episodes. The eighth episode sickened me, so it, I can't recommend that one. But well, so that would be it. I guess that would have the Breaking Bad's the most exciting. Mad Men ain't for everybody. That's the one that is the most you know the as I always say the the message is nuanced. The, right. the, the, I would the say Mad Men. Of, I'd say Mad Men might be a bit too cerebral for you, Elliot. <laughs> Wow. That was a spear in the back from 400 yards. I would say True, wow. Dete- True Detective is good because wow. because, it's, because it's very short and you will be able to remember what happened in the first episode. Oh, see, that's good. You'll remember that. Hey, hey, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll wrap it up there. Handsome and Elliot as uh, Dave, go ahead, uh, send us out the break. We'll be back uh, next week. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Get Dave, come back again. You can come join us anytime. Uh, you can catch his power rankings. Follow him at, at, at NFL UK, Hank. <laughs> and by the way, Mustard's coming back, everybody. Coming back. Ooh, that reminds me of Memorial heaven. Day. Let's go get wieners, everybody. Thanks, guys. I can do a lot of things. Impressions is not one. Except movie characters. Ah, movie characters. Son of a gun. <laughs> Cold open. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.